Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Perfect, perfect. All right, so if you guys are ready, I will switch us to live. Yeah, go ahead and hit record now. Yeah. I guess this is Alan's. This is, yeah, this is for Alan for later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alan, Alan likes us to record because he'll splice in audio and all sorts he of He likes dirt on us, too. That's why. Like, he records, you know, we record ourselves not thinking, and then he can use it on us later. You weren't thinking at 13 minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about movies. I'm Ryan. And I'm Alan. <laughs> He's not here. It makes me sad. Yeah, okay. But we actually have with us a very, very special guest today. Today we have Josh from Victims and Villains. Josh, you want to say a quick hi? Hello. I am here and I am. I got arrested on the way over here for being for a DWS. Driving while sexy. <laughs> But not detained. Arrested, but not detained. Interesting choice. Yeah. It is a reference to the movie we'll be talking about later tonight. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, Devin, you should have picked that up right away. Oh, I did. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so much about this movie, guys. So for those of you who haven't seen Lords of Salem, go watch Lords of Salem and come back and t- watch this podcast. We have so much to talk about before we get to Lords of Salem, though. But, oh boy, guys. Uh, so... We typically start this show by talking about things that we watched or any kind of pop culture news this week. Uh, guys, have you watched anything interesting or new this week? No. <laughs> Josh, have you? He's just just immediately no. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I this week has been a lot of theater runs for me. So like I went out and saw Air, Super Mario Bros. Uh, but a lot of the last week has been like actually diving into books again, which I love it. Hold on, hold on. Reading, reading is power. We almost had a side podcast called called "You Have to Read This Podcast." <laughs> uh, you you think we're joking? We're not. Wait, okay. What are you reading, and why do you love it? Uh, so I just finished Jack Cat Jack, Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door. Ooh, and. Yeah, I'd seen the movie and the book, if you guys don't know, is a fictionalized version, fictionalized account of something that really happened where a neighborhood woman kind of like is like the cool mom that everyone hangs out with and uh, she inherits her niece and two nieces after uh, her sister dies and she basically... Uh, restrains, beats, and like forces her. Uh, some of the some of the neighborhood boys have yeah. rape her. Uh, it's it's oh, a awful. really brutal story. 
Oh. Uh, but it really actually happened. It's based on a it's based on a real account. Oh, okay. So that's even worse then. So. Oh my yeah. gosh! What an uplifting tale you're reading, Josh. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, I had no idea that's what that book was about. That is very interesting. Yeah, and and they made a movie about it, but like yeah. the every nobody really knows because it came out three years after the uh, the comedy of the same name. <gasps> right, which, right, with that lady that yeah. played in Twenty Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a, uh, I can't remember. I can never remember her name. Is it name. like Alicia something. Cuthbert or something? There you go. Nailed it. Yes. Nailed it. Uh, that's that's really unfortunate. Those two things shared the same name. <laughs> I can imagine many a blockbuster mix-up with those. Okay. Yeah. So movies yeah. with blockbuster mix-ups. I had that happen with with uh, with uh, with uh, with Jack Frost, and my uncle didn't really care to verify which Jack Frost I was buying. Oh, Let no. me tell you how surprised I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the same thing happened to my wife and my brother-in-law. They sat down to have a family evening, thinking they were getting ready to get into some Jack uh, Michael Keaton shenanigans, and uh, that lasted about ten minutes. They, yeah, they most certainly they realized. Is this? <laughs> Is this the business model for Asylum? Did we just hit on their business model where, you know, Thor comes out, we'll release the mighty Thor and hope grandma mixes it up when she buys it for the grandkids? Yeah, I I, I guarantee that's what it is. I, I, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Because that, I mean, t- to be honest, y- you could say that it's just five guys who are stoned rewriting movies they watched or letting five-year-olds develop their own storylines to popular movies. Devin, the Asylum movies are not good for a reason. And I just, I, I, I need to tell you this because you watch too much of them and it affects your, your, your cognitive skills when you watch normal movies. Listen, listen, I told Ryan uh, over our group chat, he is so lucky I haven't recommended nothing but Asylum movies to the podcast. <laughs> I, would I, need, <laughs> I, would I need an episode where you guys cover Meth Gator. <laughs> like, because it's it's coming. It's coming, and it's it's coming to a sewer near you this summer. Oh, I... And, and it, I have so many real and deep thoughts about the Sharknado franchise that I haven't even got to share with you guys. I'm very serious about this. This is... Okay, so... For, for, for anybody wondering about why we make such a big deal out of this and why I said that this affects Devin's cognitive ability to rate normal films, <laughs> this is a guy that loves Asylum movies and has real thoughts about Asylum movies. And then when we asked him to pick a romantic comedy, he had us watch The Marriage Story because he thought that's what... <laughs> counted as a romantic comedy as a rom-com there were jokes and romance at one point wait are you are you talking about the adam driver scarlet yeah Joe yes oh that was my pick what is rom- wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to have devin watch romantic comedies but we also wanted to know what his baseline was so we had devin tell us a romantic comedy that you feel is your favorite romantic comedy for any reason why and he's like, the marriage story, because every other rom-com I watch, the romantic problem that the couple gets into is just dumb. And this is the only one that seems real to me. I'm like, yeah, no, it's real. It's seriously real because it's not a comedy. Because it's not a comedy. <laughs> there were a few jokes. A few jokes. That was one of the most uncomfortable like <laughs> film experiences I've ever had. 
Like I am one hundred percent. I I've been it's married for movie. nine years. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Super uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. It just. It just uh, I. I mean, now I understand where I went wrong. I totally get it. I understand the genre convention difference, which, by the way, I am bringing up later because That's fine. I cannot wait to get into the weeds with horror movies with the both of you. I. I, I think you just need to come to, to, to my podcast and, and we can do Asylum movies. Done. This is it. Yes. <laughs> Invite me. I will always watch and always talk about it. Also, Josh, I need... thank you for being my safety net. <laughs> <laughs> I also need an outlet for the Human Centipede movies if you're interested. Oh, dude. I, I'm, I'm about it, man. We're doing it. We're well, doing they, it. Start, they start off so great. And then by uh, the end, but it's when on, you're eating. It's on purpose. It's, it's on purpose. It's so bad. So good. Uh, uh, anyway, okay, so all of that, so needless bad. to say, we haven't watched much this week. Uh, for those of you that care, and I know there's a weird amount of you, which is good, I started watching Frasier. I'm officially watching Frasier. Good! It's wonderful. It's delightful. Nice. I, it is. Yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't watch it sooner. I'm officially an episode and a half in or whatever. I, I like this movie. I mean, or I like this nice. show. I'm going to keep watching it. Good. That's all I got. Um, so... The other thing I wanted to bring up before we hop into the movie proper, Josh, you aren't here just because you're a sexier version of Alan. <laughs> you want to tell everyone why that. you're here? <laughs> uh, yeah, so this this upcoming weekend, this Friday and Saturday at the Alamo Draft House, we are doing the second annual Horrific Hope, which is the first film festival to be horror-centric and mental health-focused. And we really, I think, stepped up our game from last year um, in, in terms of not necessarily the content we're bringing. I loved each and every film, and that's not a knock to any filmmaker from, excuse me, from last year. I think this year the themes are a lot more directed towards, like, one similar theme. And I, I don't know how that ended up happening. It's just out of coincidence. Uh but this is Ed. Uh, we are also going to be uh, bringing a documentary this year. We have over uh, 20 Virginia premieres. We have a world premiere, and then we have like five or six U.S. premieres. And we have directors flying in from Norway, and all the money is going towards uh, our mental health. Uh, charity that we do to uh, bring mental health resources into conventions, film festivals, speaking engagements, churches. Uh, and we're hoping, hopefully within the next year, also to include schools. Wow. Cool. So hold on. We chatted a little bit before the podcast about the the film festival. You didn't mention any of that. You were like, yeah, we're doing all right. It's interesting. <laughs> you weren't bringing directors in from Norway and world premiering movies. It's uh, it's it's called being humble. Uh, <laughs> it's humility. You need to learn, Devin. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't exist in my vocabulary. You're not over here. Yeah. So they uh, so the directors are making their U.S. premiere. Uh, the movie is called Searching for uh, Vestlemoy. We did a, a episode on our podcast, Abyss Gazing, about them. Uh, with them, they they I talked about the film. We talked about Deathgasm. It's a great episode. I highly go check it out. Um, once you're done this episode, of course, make sure to subscribe to You Have to Watch This Podcast. And yeah. also, also Abyss Gazing, uh, <laughs> a, a horror podcast. But uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting because I, I made friends with the director, one of the directors of that film last year. Um, we did a, yeah, we did an event. We did a digital event together uh, where we showed one of his movies and did a and a afterwards, and uh, it was really awesome, and we, I was really surprised. But this movie is like – it's so funny. Uh, it's one of the funniest selections we got. We were able this year to do um, – every feature is different, and I, I really liked that to where we have a horror comedy Friday night. We're opening up with a – documentary that explores the men the the relationship between the freddy krueger fandom and mental health wow um our our world premiere this year comes from um a first-time director who was a co-writer on behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon uh, which is one of the most underappreciated uh meta slashers of the new age uh so if you love scream i highly highly recommend Leslie Vernon, but it is set in the same universe. So it's almost like a spiritual sequel um, to that. And he's going to be in person as well. Um, and uh, we have a block of sorts that all revolve around food for lunchtime. Delicious. Uh, now you got me like, now you have me thinking about like what, what people can expect. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of goodies. We we really tried to step outside of what we did last year. Because last year we wanted to really be like a we wanted to be like a, a film festival essentially. And this year we kind of brought in different elements to where we got a little bit riskier. We are ending on House of a Thousand Corpses uh, this year. We'll talk about that later. Uh, which is celebrating 20 years uh, today that we are recording this podcast. Um, and we are also doing our first ever cost cosplay contest with this, uh, this year. We've got some great items to raffle off for uh, our mental health raffle. We'll have uh, suicide prevention and mental health resources, both regionally and locally for those in attendance. It's just going to be a great time. If you guys attended last year, you guys know what you're in for. Uh, but I would also say that there are some surprises this year that, uh, like I said, we really tried to make this year uh, bigger and better. And it makes me really nervous for next year, actually. <laughs> and let's pretend we're the kind of person that thinks a marriage story is a rom-com and forgot to buy tickets this year. Where do we go to buy tickets? <laughs> uh, so you can actually go to the Alamo um, Draft House. Just Google Alamo Draft House Winchester and... Uh, select your ticket for this upcoming Saturday. We start at 10, 10 a.m. Very nice. I just popped the link in the chat. So I think that sounds like an awesome time. I mean, mm -hmm. I are, are there any, and this is this is me just, just, just hoping, so I don't know what your answer is going to be. Are there any resources for those of us that can't quite catch a flight but would like to be involved somehow? Uh, any resources as in like mental health resources? Yeah. Any, anything that you would offer there that I could take a quick peek at anything that would give me a sense of the, a sense of what's going on. Uh, yeah. So we have a, we always were the backbone of our, uh, when you go to our website, victimsandvillains.net, you click the, the, the badge at the upper top, upper left-hand corner. It'll drop down all the pages you can visit. The very first one is the mental health resource library. 
Um, we have resources for people that are uh, struggling with bullying, um, divorce, uh, the the veterans hotline. We have uh, one that we just recently added where it's like it's an organization that basically looks it gives information about like how mental health affects. Uh, sorry, how social media affects our mental health. Hmm. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's like I said. There's there's a lot of great resources there as well. I don't know how often I tell you this, but I love I love what you guys do at Victims. <laughs> Thank Please you. keep that up. I, I genuinely do love that. It's such a great cause. So yeah, if, if you can, check out the Horrific Cold Mill Festival. It, it sounds like it's going to be an awesome time for a really good cause. And a range are awesome people. A, we are very close. I just talked to the talked to the gentleman today. I think we're about 10 tickets until we're sold out. So Whoa. come come quick. Come gather all and, and see Captain Spaulding and the Firefly family on the big screen with uh, independent filmmakers that you will probably never get to see uh on the big screen ever again and i could say that because one of the directors when we started talking about the series lineup is the director of uh this short film called incubus which mm-hmm. plays uh during our last uh a last block called the grindhouse delight block he Hi. said that not only not only is this a Virginia premiere, but this will be the only time the short will most likely ever play in Virginia. So wow. if you want to see movies like that, it's the place for you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. Of course. So I think what we'll do without further ado, let's get into our main, our main topic for today. So today, since we have a special guest was a special guest pick, uh, Josh, would you like to tell us a little bit about this movie? Of course, I've already brought it up, but I I picked Lords of Salem, which is one of uh, Rob Zombie's weirder films. Uh, Rob Zombie is, of course, our our closing selection at this year's film festival with House of Thousand Corpses, the anniversary 20 years screening. Um, So I wanted to do something from his filmography and... This movie is very weird, and I was very, very curious to hear what you guys said. I was, I was very bummed that Alan wasn't here. Oh, we need to get to talk about this. this movie. We need to make him watch it for next week. I think that I think that Ryan, moving forward, you're not allowed to be a member of this podcast without having seen this movie. Is what I'm going to say. It is now a rite of passage for anybody who wants to be on the show. What do you think, man? What, to deal with me freezing up and uh, not being able to answer anything? Also that. Also that. And know that, know that I purposely planned the what do you think for when you came out of it and couldn't hear my question. <laughs> so why don't we, why don't we start by, by Josh? Why don't you tell me a little bit about your relationship to this movie? Because you were the one that picked it for us. So did you see it and love it? Did you see it and think it's weird? Has it been on your mind? All right, so there's a point in the climax of this movie where there are faceless priests that are essentially doing the circle jerk, as one does. <laughs> and, you didn't describe uh, it wrong. As, as like my, one of my best friends, the guy that I actually started Victims with, was like, "You should never watch this movie. It's dumb." 
And I was like, why is it dumb? Like, like, give me your, your hot take about it. And so I didn't watch it for years. And then finally I was like, what's your, what's your big hangup on this movie? And so he told me about that scene. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to make my own decision. And I watched it and I like, I wanted to hate that movie so bad. Like even watching, rewatching it last night, like I was like, I want to like, especially as a Christian, like this movie is very blasphemous. And I was like, I was like, I, I want to hate this movie so bad, but I, I'm so fascinated by the Salem witch trials mm-hmm. and like how the town of like Salem like still like clings to that like memory or like that fame. Uh, that like this movie, I I just I, it's a guilty pleasure for me. I, I I definitely like was blown away the first time I watched this movie. Because it doesn't feel like a Rob Zombie movie. If you ever watch anything in his filmography, his filmography is very, very vulgar. Not that there's not vulgarity in here, but it's like every other word is like the F word or like some other offensive uh, language. And a lot of his movies are really like rural and kind of have this like hillbilly quality to it. Okay. This one doesn't have that. And so that's why, like, this one to me feels like if Rob Zombie was to ever do an A24 film, this would be it. Yeah, that is a really interesting take on that. So I think Ryan is still working through some computer problems. So I'll hop in with, with my thoughts on this. I had no idea what to expect. I think I've seen this poster around before, but came into this completely blown. Whoops, one second here. We oh. are now two people. Hey, we lost Ryan. We did, yeah. Uh, I just have to do a little bit of readjusting here. Give me a sec. There we go. Okay, cool. Can you hear me, Josh? I can. Perfect. All right. So... I'll I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about like my because like I said I I didn't know what to expect in this I I've heard a little bit or know a little bit about and this is going to sound like the weirdest thing but you might actually know where I'm coming from I know a little bit about kind of the ethos that sits around this movie the whole like like witch mentality it's called Lords of Salem sure. I was guessing witches it's got Rob Zombie's wife straight on the cover I had a feeling it was a thing about witches I know a bit about witches through a band called Ghost do you know Ghost at all I do know Ghost, yes. I love Ghost. Ghost is great. I I feel like this movie is channeling Ghost in a lot of ways. And and for that I don't reason, feel like that's wrong. <laughs> for that reason, like not a lot like shocked me, except for like the very end of the movie. I didn't expect where this movie went and wasn't sure it was going to end in this way. And We'll we'll do a big spoiler warning a little bit later when we get into exactly what's going on and what happened in the ending. But did you see the end of this movie coming? I didn't. Like there like the first time that like I saw it, I was like I was just kind of hooked because like I didn't understand like where it was going. But like man, like you're right. Like the, the ending of this movie is is does feel like left field and it yeah. feels so grand for how intimate this story yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, and 
Okay, so I watched it on this one. It was a it was a streaming service I've never heard of before. It's called like Shutter or something like that. And it, dude, I love Shutter. I have never heard of Shutter. Shutter's good because I have it now. Dude, it, if you're if you love horror, Shutter and Screenbox are the two that are like top notch when it comes there, to quality. There was stuff on Shutter that I have never even heard of. That's on there, not like the stuff that like's on Netflix, and it's also on Shutter. Like these seem like really new things for me on there. <laughs> oh, I I have I have so many recommendations <coughs> I will give you after this. Please do, please do. You are opening up my world to a whole new world of horror movies. So, first off, the one thing that this said was it said that it was a psychological movie, right? And I was wondering. So the plot of the movie seems pretty on the nose, right? Like. Thing A happens, thing B, thing C. It gets a little bit trippy in some places, but for the most part, it's trippy on purpose. Unless I'm wrong, the whole, the, the events of the story actually did fold out correct, like, actually did happen, right? Or was this something else? Like, are, are you talking about, like, biographically? No, not, not or... like in real life, sorry. Like, like diegetically, Are you talking... so like in terms of the movie, like everything that we saw in the ending on screen actually happens. That's the way that I take it because, yeah. and, and I always forget about this, is like the ending, do you want me to stop talking real quick? There we go, we're good. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, it was like the ending of this movie, when you mm-hmm. hear it, like you have to watch the credits and like there's yeah. actually like newsreel footage that is like, uh, dubbed over so like to me like I took it as okay this really took place like these are real events that have transpired within this universe okay um but like I I again like can see 100% how you're just like man this this film feels like a fever dream so it's right. like it's not out of the ordinary to be like oh yeah like this stuff just didn't happen yeah I've had fever dreams that were very <laughs> much like this dream like this movie so Ryan welcome back we missed you. Hi. <laughs> I, so we gave general impressions of it. My general impression, Josh said that he was told essentially that, you know, this was a movie he was told to stay away from, but despite his best efforts, he really likes the movie. It's one of his guilty pleasures. I have never seen a movie like this before, but I know a band that's something like this movie, and I like that band a lot. So the movie kind of made a little bit of sense in terms of the band for me. How did you feel about this movie? Tell me about. Tell me what your. Let me. Let me get those raw reactions. Josh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you. I'm so glad you're back. I'm. I. I am so sorry. I look. I. I feel better knowing that you said it's one of your guilty pleasures because you only really say that if you understand what the general like consensus is of a movie. And I have my own. I'll fully admit it. Like, I have my own guilty pleasures where people look at me sideways for liking. I get it. You know, you can't help what you like. Sure. Um, but man, oh, man. Uh, so when it comes to the horror genre, I'm not really big on witches, mm. to, to be honest. Um, and to be honest, I'm not really the biggest Rob Zombie as a director fan. So he he's a he's a very acquired taste. He's 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 a very acquired taste. I will fully admit that. Um, I'm not saying that he's bad because it's art and it's all on your own interpretation of it and it's subjective and everything. So I'm not saying he's bad. This just isn't my thing. <laughs> um, 
And from what I heard from Devin, like it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a fever dream. And um, uh, when I was going through some medical stuff a few years ago, I definitely had some fever dreams. And this movie <laughs> ranks right up there with those experiences that I had. Um, well, did you not um, like it because of the fever dream aspect of it? Like what parts didn't you? I mean, we're not doing spoilers just yet, but like what about it like repelled you away from the movie? Uh, to be like everything from t- the way the what? Can I take a guess before you say? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. My guess is going to be it lost you within the first five minutes because of all the weird nudity. <laughs> Listen, I wasn't expecting Actually, it. that wasn't I... even that. That wasn't even part of it because there were witches in the woods. I figured that was coming, so it didn't shock me. Um, it was, uh, it, it was, it was honest. A lot of the like. It was the, it was a lot of the camera, it was, it was partly the choices of camera angles during non, like, during non-active scenes. So, like, her walking around the apartment, walking to work, being at work, it was a lot of the choices that were made, cinematography-wise, on those. And I really didn't, like, one of... This all has to do with Rob Zombie himself. I don't find Rob Zombie's wife that good of an actress. Oh, I was just gonna say I liked her acting. I, I, I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> sorry, but I, no. I, I think I, I agree with you in most, 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 most places. I think yeah. there are. I've seen all of Rob Zombie's movies, mm-hmm. and I own probably about eighty percent of them on physical media. Okay. And I think this one plays to. I think this is probably the film where he is placed to her strengths the greatest because i will go on record and say that she is not a great actress wow okay but if if you know how to direct and you, you are in the hands of the right person i think you can or if you know the strengths and weaknesses of that whereas like you go back and you watch like house thousand courses i love that movie yeah it's but like she's very chaotic in that movie and it kind of almost seems like they tried to like give her more depth with uh devil's rejects and it didn't quite work for her i didn't really like her as as michael myers mother in the halloween movies um but this one i feel like she's toned down enough to where like it's playing to her strengths okay and 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 i i I, 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 I will admit because I'm not the biggest Rob Zombie fan mm-hmm. when it comes to his movies. Anyway, um, as soon as I realized that this was one of his movies, I, I, I was in the wrong mindset. I was like, "Oh my god, it's yeah. a Rob Zombie film." Oh, okay, fine, I'll watch it. <laughs> and then, and you know, because I'm doing this, and you know, and you know, and like it, it got to her as like the main character, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." And there were just a lot of scenes where it was like, oh, okay, well, wait, the best way that I can sum up this movie is it's an awesome idea from a person who's not big on witches. This is an, this movie was an awesome idea, incredibly Mm -hmm. good idea for a movie. I just do not believe that Rob Zombie carried out the vision that he intended. What? Okay. I want to dig into that then. So what, what was the vision behind the movie then? Because we were talking when you were gone about how I didn't see the ending of this movie coming. 
at all. Mm. I wasn't expecting it to do what it did. I wasn't expecting it to go as far as it did. And, and Josh had put it pretty rightly where he said, you know, it's a very broad ending for what is a very personal movie. Yeah, no, it's a very personal movie because it has to do with, um, again, no spoilers. It has mm. to do with a certain person yeah. of a certain type. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, Devin, how many witch movies have you seen? Oh, so I want you guys to know. I googled scariest witch movies, and I have an IMDb list of twenty six titles. Uh, okay. To let you know how good this list is, number nine on the list is Return to Oz. <laughs> of the scariest <laughs> witch movies. So, and how many of them have you seen? That's, I've that's, seen, that's the main thing. I've seen The Conjuring. I've seen Witch. I've seen Rosemary's Baby, Heredity, The Blair Witch Project. And I think that's just about where it stops. I don't think I've okay. seen any of these other okay. movies. In a lot of Witch movies that I have seen, mm-hmm. what kind of happens in this movie, I've seen before. Okay. The ending was different. Yeah. A tad different artistically. But the main carryover theme... It's kind of... I froze again. There we go. <laughs> uh, um, the main carryover theme of what happens, I, I, I've seen in other stuff. Much lower level movies, but yeah. And once we get into spoilers, I will explain what I mean. Because I have a feeling that what <laughs> I am focusing on in the storyline is different to what you guys are focusing on in the storyline. I, I think. I think as as the i guess amongst this conversation as the horror expert here oh yeah uh i think that that's one of the conversations that have comes up a lot in our con- in our podcast uh where you know if you've seen like one slasher chances are you've seen them all mm-hmm. um the the difference is is just the way the creativity they bring to how you kill the people it's not necessarily the story mm-hmm. yeah and i think with that with that uh uh, with that laid out, I think you also can make the same exact thing because, like, I've seen uh, I've seen other witch movies before. Witch movies, like they're they're not. I don't necessarily hate them as much as you, Ryan, but uh, <laughs> they're not my favorite type of of sub subgenre of horror to do uh, or to watch. So, like, but you know, I also grew up in the whimsical era of the '90s where. I loved Sabrina the Teenage Witch oh, and, yeah. uh, and you know, it, charmed and, and, and bewitched. Yeah. I, I I got you. I mean, uh, Bewitched, that's the one with, like, the sisters in the house. No, wasn't Bewitched the right? one with the, the guy that had, like, his, like, live-in witch friend and she, like, wrinkled her nose and magic happened? That's right. That was the Naked Night show. Yes, it was the only Naked Night show. That From would, like there 60, were, there were 60s or 70s. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's not that, like, it's, it's not that I hate them. It's just that um, which movies tend to follow, like, a few different narratives. And one of the reasons why I'm starting to get more into horror than I was before is because of that little nuance, like, artistical style in the storyline. Just, just, just sure. you know, like you were expo- uh, um, uh, explaining, it's not the fact that, like, you go to see a slasher movie to see a completely different story narrative than the last slasher movie. It's you're going to a slasher movie to see, hey, how does this director do the mad, crazy person? Mm-hmm. 
true. You know, it's going to be the same thing. It's just the little nuances. Like, do you like a slasher movie set at a racetrack more than you like it being set at a summer camp? Like, what direction do you want to go with this? I really so, want to see a slasher at a racetrack now. We got to do it. We got to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. NASCAR. When it comes to like witch movies and other horror movies, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, okay, let's go with witches. Are we going to do classic American witches? Are we going to do European witches? Are we going to do what they consider witches in like Arab culture? Are we going to do what they consider witches in like Asian or different types Mm -hmm. of Asian culture? Um, And you can do all of them. That's fine. It's just, I find myself kind of like "Hmm," at the end of most witch movies. Okay. And I, I think it has to do more of, like, the person doing spells thing, which is why I find myself sure. liking witch narratives in comedies more than I do like them in serious, like, tone storylines. We'll, we'll talk, I think we'll talk about this a little bit more in the spoiler section. Yeah. I don't necessarily consider this to be a witch movie, and I'll explain why when we get there. But uh, for me, I think I am, I'm not really, like, a history buff, like, there's, there are portions of history that fascinate me, yeah. and the Salem Witch Trials happen to be one of them. Uh, and I, I think I owe all of that to Winona Ryder because of The Crucible. It's like <laughs> sure. sure. Fantastic yeah. movie, and I was like, what? what is this story? And lo and behold, like, there's all of this like history behind it, and that history just like fascinated me. And it's it's still to this day like Salem is like one of the one of the places that like my wife and I want to go on vacation for, want to do like the history tours and stuff like that. But I think that's the reason that's one part of the reason that I really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think we're just about the time where we should probably put the spoiler warning up. Listen, if you guys haven't seen Lords of Salem and you don't want it spoiled for you, please go watch it. The ending for me and at least for Josh and I were, was quite surprising. I will also say this, that if you live in the U.S., this movie is currently streaming for free on Tubi oh. with commercials. So it is it is completely free. Yeah, if you're currently yeah. in the U.K., uh, download – what was it? What was it, Josh? It's, sh- it's called Shudder. Shudder. Download Shudder. Shudder is opening up a whole new world for me, Ryan, of horror movies that I didn't know existed. There is it is a oh. veritable smorgasbord of new horror movies for Devin. I'm just being a troll. I'm just being a troll. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> with that all out of the way, let's get into spoilers. Why isn't this a witch movie, Josh? To me, like I think it the to me, I think it's a lot more deeper than that. Like, yes, it's it is very clearly by the end of the film, it's it's very much a witch movie. But to me, I feel like this is a story about not only legacy and understanding uh who you are where you come from your family ties and the toxicity that can come with them but i I think also it's fascinating to me because part of the the underlining um subplot of this movie dealing with the record also demonstrates like the impact that media has on us as individuals and consumers hmm hmm Wow, that I, is. A, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely did not go that deep in this. That is it. No, at all. that's a deep <laughs> and fascinating read. That's that's why I wanted you here. I I run a a mental health and horror podcast <laughs> and film festival, so <laughs> I'm the guy that's going to look at things really deep. <laughs> that's perfect, yeah. though. So, where did the movie fall on all of those things, though? I mean, was it 
you know, music has a profound impact on all of us, so we should never listen to it again. And your <laughs> family's the worst. Don't listen to them. I'm asking because I totally saw those same things, Josh. I'm asking for someone else who also thinks Marriage Story is a great rom-com. Wink. Oh, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, like, this movie, like, the horror genre in, in particular is something that I have a really interesting relationship with so like when i i come from a conservative christian household and mm. we did if, if you were born southern baptist you don't believe <laughs> in horror movies they're they're of the devil and so uh you know it's like the forbidden fruit the more i to- was told no the more i wanted to see it so sure. like turned 18 went to blockbuster got a got all the movies that that i, I could you know, for the time and uh, horror to me became an outlet for uh, anger. So like, instead of actually dealing with my issues, I lived vicariously through Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, mm. Freddy Krueger. And I, I got to this point where I, it had like the media that I was consuming had a really negative impact on my, on my mental health, mm. a really negative impact on, uh my uh like my anger and like how i would outburst and um felt like one day like i just like was kind of praying and i was like you know i think that i need to just give this up sure and uh ironically i i gave it up for i gave it up walked away from it sold all my movies in the genre for five years and worked on my own mental health. So like when I'm talking about someone, uh, the, the impact that media can have on you, not just music, but film books, uh, social media, uh, is because like that was once me. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of have this, like this line in the sand where like, if I feel any negative ounce of, energy whether it's anxiety anger hatred um you know anything i stay away from this genre i love this genre to death Mm -hmm. but if i'm not in the right headspace i can't stay i can't do it sure because of this i I think that that's one of the the fascinating um aspects of uh, heidi's arc throughout the course of this movie Mm -hmm. is that She's not really sure why this record is having this impact on her every time she hears it. And you're also you also see that with these the women of Salem every time that they see him. I think it's zombie planted really subtly throughout the film, and it allows that that effect to crescendo in the finale, where they all meet together in the theater and have this very occultic mass suicide, mm-hmm. but. You know, to me, I think that it just it speaks volumes about like the effects that we can media can have on our lives if we allow it to be unchecked. Yeah, that's a much that's a really good read on that, because that's <laughs> I, I I really just took this at surface level and said, OK, this, you know, this record is, you know, triggering something in them and, you know, not not that it then, you know, can abstract itself into real things, but like it's made specifically for them and, you know, kind of took it literally at face value. Does that help you at all with liking this movie, Ryan? (laughs) 
I hate knowing... the position I'm in. I hate the position I'm in. Why? Tell me. <laughs> because, because here's the thing. Josh, everything you said is on point for what the movie shows. It is. I see that. Okay? I get it. I really, really do. Um, but, Devin, re- remember our talk about the movie you had us watch? About when I see something, I'm, I'm either really on board for it or I just completely go off the rails. Yes. Yes. Okay. Even though this movie, by Josh's description, has a great message and mm. should be talked about, it just went off the rails for me. <laughs> <laughs> it could not miss so you back. Okay, so now that we're in spoilers, I can yes. deep dive into what, where I was like, about okay. this movie. I knew from the get-go, from like the second, from from like, I had, I had my... I had my curies, curies, the 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 Q, the 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 fancy Q word for questions. Uh, curie, curies, queries. I had queries. queries in the first scene. Then then I knew the second scene that the landlord lady was after her. Okay. Okay. And then, and it was solidified with, "Come down and have some drinks with my friends." Yeah. And as soon as she sat down, I'm like, they're all witches. They're all witches. <laughs> and they're going after her for something. They're going after her for something. And then I was thinking about it. And then they have, and then you've got the guy that's like writing the book or yeah, yeah. peddling his book on the show. And like, he's doing his research. And like, it, I was kind of mental. Like, it's like, I was like, I'm watching it. I'm kind of mentally out of it. I get mm-hmm. back into it, back out of it. Um, Kristen comes home from work. I pause it. We talk a little bit about her day and I tell her about the movie. I, I tell her the steps of the movie mm-hmm. and she looks at me and she goes, while eating ice cream, she goes, she's never seen the movie before. She goes, she's the son of the guy that killed the witches. <laughs> I explain everything that's happened in the movie about the record and how she's not feeling well. And yeah. like, and, and my thing about like, the landlord ladies and like what I feel about them mm-hmm. and I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching it. And then he's on like findyourfamily.com, Like, you know, yeah. like some like rip off, like, uh, Ancestry. um, ancestry.com or something like that. And it goes down and I pause the movie and I just yelled, you're right. And she goes, I know. <laughs> she goes, <"I> know. <laughs> um, and, and it was one of those things where it was like, I knew they were witches. I knew they were after her. I knew that there was something about her. And I should have seen the road signs that my wife did with me describing it. That, you know, that like, that was her. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like, you've got a coven of witches that is putting a curse on the ancestor of the person who, like, either killed specifically them mm-hmm. or their coven. And they're getting, like, you know, revenge in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen that whole witch narrative, like, kind of, like, before. And, or, or, or I've read it. Sure, I've seen sure. it. Something, it seemed too familiar to me. That's the thing. Um, and, I mean, hell, the, the, the Disney movie with the three sisters. Hocus like, that's Pocus. technically what they Hocus were Pocus. Do- Hocus Pocus. Like, they were getting revenge on the town people for killing them, like, you know, later on in the future. And, um, so, 
it's kind of a similar narrative through some other witch movies that I've seen and stories that I've read. And then you've got the whole, uh, like, art aspect to, like, the ending. <laughs> um, and it, it, it reminded me a lot of a lot of the book jackets I read of Rom Zombie's albums when I was younger and I got, you know, like, Hellbilly Deluxe <laughs> and stuff like that. It, that whole montage reminded me of a lot of the, like, booklet art that was in, like, the CD booklets. Um, but it was one of those things where, like, that was going on and, like, the music. And then what really, really killed it for me to where I was just like, man, I, I, I can't with this. Like I, like, I feel bad because Josh obviously likes this movie a lot. And that's why we're watching it. And I'm really trying to find, you know, something here because I don't want to bomb on him. Um, but then they start playing the music in front of all the Salem w- women that, that, that are in the theater. Yeah. And the only instrument they show is a really crappy bone violin that the lady's not even playing remotely close to what the music sounds like. We've, we've had this talk where if you're out of a movie, little things like that will take you farther out of it. If you're in the movie, you won't notice those things. So Josh, just so you know, that's where he's coming from. That's... That's absolutely fair, and I'm I'm not here at the end of the day to like make e- make you Ryan or any of your listeners or, or viewers watching us live like this movie. If you don't, <laughs> this movie is like I, I this movie is really like it's really personal, but it's really weird at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I think it. that's kind of that's kind of the reason that that. I enjoy it. I think that I, I like when Rob Zombie does like personal stuff like this. Yeah. But again, I understand like how this is uh, not everyone's cup of tea. And I probably <laughs> would say this is probably for as weird as it is. I feel like this movie's probably is most digestible outside of Halloween. This would probably be the one that like, if you want to, sh- if you want to like see Rob Zombie, like not be quite so weird. It's 31. But yeah. not quite so like out there as like Super Bisto or Halloween Two. This is the movie you need to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this was definitely it was a lot more tame than I was expecting from him. Like I was expecting like contestants on yeah. the wall at some point or something, and all I really got was a lot of awkward nudity and his <laughs> wife riding a goat. Yeah. I mean, that's all part of the witch mythos, though. Like, all of that is part of it. Like, well, 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 I mean, yes, yes, it is. Like, the witch mythos is that you've got, you know, particularly women, because mm-hmm. men are warlocks, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you've got particularly women that believe that, like, actual Satan, not Satanists, mm-hmm. actual Satan is, like, their lord. And so they do everything they can against what's supposed to be holy. So, like, at the beginning of the movie, they show them dancing around the fire because Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be defiled, like, defouling. My speech is really messed up today. De-respecting their bodies, which is supposed to be, like, the temple of God. Like, your body's supposed to be the temple Mm -hmm. of God. So they're disrespecting that. And that's why they're doing what they're doing around the fire. Um and everything they do that brings them... Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know, Tattoo Boy. I see you. Um, He's showing his tattooed so, arms, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, 
they're doing what they're doing to get closer to Satan the way you would have as as the reverse, you know, people doing good things for people that can't do anything back for them mm-hmm. or, you know, doing just good Christian charity. Like it's the complete opposite to get further to, you know, one side compared to the other. And so when it comes to witches, then this was par for the course for what for I mean, like what you would consider the classic American Christian witch or anti-Christian witch. So like real quick, just, mm-hmm. just to clarify, because I've, I've studied and like, I've, I've had conversations. There are technically two camps of, uh, people that identify as Satanists. There are people that, uh, I guess, I think the proper term is, is, is and if, if I get this wrong, I deeply apologize, mm-hmm. please, uh, please forgive me. But, if I remember correctly, there are people that like actually acknowledge Satan as Lord the way that the witches do in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then there is a, a branch of um say the, the Church of Satan that like believes that you as your own body are God and that there is neither heaven nor hell. Um when you die, you die essentially. Hmm. Um and so these the witches that are in this movie have more in line as Ryan's describing them with what you would normally see like what we think about as like traditional like Satan worshippers or like gotcha. Satanists, I guess. Yeah, and 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 that's where in like movies where like they would have like a cult. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's one of the main like and and when when it comes to movies between the two camps, there's a very fine line. Because in movies, they will depict both groups of Satanists mm-hmm. as kind of the same. And it's really down to nuance in dialogue on which camp the main person's dealing with. So like in this, these these witches are, say, are, are Satanists in the sense that they believe in Satan. And they, mm-hmm. and you know, they worship him and it is the reverse side of the coin to Christianity. Like that's exactly what it is. And then you have the other side, which is basically people who identify as either, uh, as either atheist or agnostic or humanists or mm-hmm. any other type of non faith thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've developed their own little like church and they have their own little like, uh, and they have their own list of beliefs and everything but that has nothing to do with faith that's just like hey this is what we want to do and if you want to join you can um but Mm -hmm. in movies they tend to use them as like a conspiracy cult and they're usually the ones that 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 that, 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 trying to install the earthquake machine under our uh uh um uh uh is at the center of the earth so you know (laughs) Listen, I'm glad you guys both came into this movie knowing so much about the background of this. My only exposure to this was an episode of Metalocalypse. If you oh guys haven't watched it, you have to watch it. Uh, I've seen him in yeah. September. Now, it's so good. Are that, you really? That is a show. Mm-hmm. That is a show that Josh and I could sit and watch together and enjoy equally. <laughs> that is a show. That... Then you'll both. You'll I both, love that show. You'll both know the episode <laughs> we're talking about where they have to find a religion. And they go, we're going to a Satanist church. It's going to be the most metal. And it's this little guy. Remember, everybody, there's a bake sale on Thursday. And clean up after yourselves before you leave. This is a church of Satan, not a trash house. 
It's yes, so good. My my favorite, my favorite one is yeah. when they go to the atheist church and it's a guy dressed up like the pulp going, <laughs> "Let us read from the book of which we do not believe about the things that we do not believe." And then someone yells and goes, "There's a riot outside. It's the agnostics." And then there's people holding signs that say, "You cannot be really sure. You cannot be really sure." <laughs> That show, <laughs> I feel like, didn't get any, like, nearly as much attention as it deserves. It was such a good well, show. I mean, and it's sad because the creator is such a good musician, is such an incredible musician. Yeah. It's sad that that show didn't get as more popular than what it did. Hold, don't hold, don't, don't hold your, don't throw the baby out of the bathwater, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> because it, uh, they are so getting ready too. to do new seasons no a new movie what nice and uh more live shows and i think they're working on a new album right now as well oh my god yes. all right listen josh we're getting you back mermaider on. is like <laughs> mermaid i need a mermaider yeah. three i need a mermaider three four five and six we're getting you back I... on the metalocalypse movie is is what we're saying <sighs> all right sounds good yeah so i think okay you guys are I can gonna feel think the tornadoes is... in the back of my mind i'm just so <laughs> happy right now <laughs> I, so the last thing I want to say about this movie, you guys are going to think I'm so dumb for thinking this, but really, truly, up until even the last, like, up until the credits rolled, basically, <clears throat> I still expected a character to run into the middle of what's happening with, like, a shotgun or something and save our main character and run away. No. And when the credits just rolled, and I went, that's how it ends? And, like... so. Not to cut you off. No. So, so Ryan, Ryan predicted this movie, yeah. uh, how it would end because he'd seen other films like it. Yeah, I knew that wasn't going to be the case in this movie because it's Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie does <laughs> not do happy movies whatsoever. He loves the French ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's and that's what I got. And at the end, I was like. And you're right, Josh. At the end of it, some some like news footage rolls over some like black and white stills to talk about like essentially what the police had found that day, and like what the police had, and like I, I think the part where I was like, did this really happen in universe? Was like, didn't she like give birth to the Antichrist? What was the starfish thing? So all right, so I think I think Ryan brought this up a few minutes ago. Yeah, but the the three witches are like. It's kind of ambiguous, like what they're like. They're they're either the witches from the beginning of the movie, or they are some variation descendants of right. Them. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a scene between um, uh, Francis, the the guy that's like on his like on Heidi's show talking about his book. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the other author about it and asking if he has anything on the Reverend Nathaniel Hawthorne. Yeah. yeah who it was the the witch hunter who's like the the line that that Heidi comes from and um he said that there's a there's a point in the movie where he says something to the extent of uh that there was a a prophecy stated that uh a a descendant would like give birth essentially to uh, he was either a demon or like satan himself yeah yeah um, so that thing that you're seeing at the end where they're mm. letting it raise, that is like the, that prophecy coming to fruition. And, and that's just like, and I mean, cause so I think the thing where I was like, Oh, is this a psychological movie? 
is the news report at the end is just kind of mundane about <clears throat> it. And they're like, well, we found all of these bodies in this. In well, this. because they, that's how it would be. They weren't like. you still have, like, years of growth. Like, yeah, that's it, how it would be. If, if something like that were to happen, it would just be like, oh, yeah, no, there was this weird mass suicide in this town, like, 30 years ago. But there's this 30-year-old named Steve who's running for mayor. I think he's great. <laughs> right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> so, like. Like from someone that that is a Christian and has read the book of Revelation mm-hmm. along with like what the other like New Testament prophecies have like talked about, they talks like specifically about like the end times and mm-hmm. how like you're gonna see like crazy events take place, yeah, yeah. A- and so like I, yeah. I think, and I believe that, like you know, you are, you will see one of those if you happen to live in those days. I think they mm-hmm. will come to pass. But I think also, at the same time, like you know, like it, it, this happened in the United States of America for one, for for two, like if there really ever was like actual alien conduct contact, yeah. the government's been hiding it from us. I, I definitely <laughs> think that if they somehow like stumbled upon the antichrist he's an area 51 he's like 100 they're, they're hiding it they're not going to be like 100 they're not going to be like hey there's this mass suicide in this church we met the most interesting child like on the news or anything like that or like i found a weird starfish or something because well, like, uh, that's what i figured it's like an unexplained mass or something would be fine by the bodies i think that was the point yeah. that maybe went what's this thing psychological so spirit this is supernatural okay? yeah so here's yeah. how I interpret the whole like starfish being born as the Antichrist. Um, one now Finding Nemo takes a completely different meaning and is now a sequel. <laughs> um, perfect, perfect. Uh, so and so anyway, um, when she's in the room looking at the cross, yeah, and she's like doing wax on, wax off at the same time, and yeah, in front of the cross, the 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 big really bad gorilla suit dude that's like standing behind her yeah okay that's part one part two is the weird intestine baby that she plays airplane with yeah in the the church that's that's part two and then part three um well and then also in part two is her falling asleep and the weird baby thing walking up to the edge of the bed Mm -hmm. um and then part three is her giving birth to the starfish. Okay. Those mm-hmm. three things are linked. It only happens in like a week and a half, but she 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 gets. They're all those weird, weird, weird furry Satan shows up, mm-hmm. and then the next thing you know, she has a dream about a baby, and then the next thing you know, she gives birth. Yeah. Those that's okay. those. Those three things are linked. The mm. starfish is Rosemary's baby, except the baby came out of Rob Zombie's wife, which I think we can all agree is not surprising. Yeah. That, it's, <laughs> it's Rob the, Zombie. That's what his kid would look like. It's the most concise like. description of what happens in this movie I've ever heard. He's he's not he's not wrong. He's no. out of line, but he's not wrong. <laughs> he's out of line, but he's not wrong. <laughs> Uh, all right, last question then. Did this did this scare you guys at all? I, you know, it's a horror movie. Did did it scare you? Did it give you the heebie-jeebies? Right, I'll let you go first. Yeah, it did me the, a little bit. The horror for me in this came more from like, did it really scare me? No, but 
in my mind, this is where the horror comes from. The horror comes from the story and the narrative, not really so much the like shock value. Mm-hmm. Because the one time in this movie that would have been a um, a jump scare for me, I laughed. And that's when she goes into her apartment, turns on her light, and there's just a corpse hanging there like oh, it's yeah. a coat on a hanger in the corner. Just kind of hanging out like the, you know, like the flat lawyer from... Uh, 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 Beetlejuice. <laughs> like that <laughs> goes. <laughs> All right. That goes by on the meat hook. That goes by on the. <laughs> yeah, I. There's not a whole lot that like gets under my skin when it comes to the horror genre that like uh, makes me like legitimately afraid. And I, I would probably say the 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 few films that do are like. Films that are, are like based in reality. Sure. And so when there's like a, um, you know, I believe in the supernatural, but mm-hmm. I do, I think, I think experiencing something supernatural and watching it in a fictionalized setting are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. And if I'm watching the latter versus experiencing the former, then I don't think it's scary. Mm-hmm. So it, there's just, it, like, I, this is just a weird movie. So. Yeah. I don't necessarily say it's it's it yeah it's it's a weird movie it's not necessarily a scary movie it's just weird. Yeah no 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 I can I completely get that and 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 Josh your feelings about this movie are like completely valid and anyone who feels the way you do about it you're completely valid. Everyone's allowed to love this movie as much as they want. This is coming from someone who, who who considers Jurassic Park: The Lost World like Jurassic Park two actual Jurassic Park two in LA as with the giant 76 ball from the gas station rolling by the, the convertible. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite Jurassic Park movie, hands down. And no one can ever tell me that it's not the best. Oh, it's so real. So I, Ryan was just kicked so, out of this call. I don't know what happened, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly he's so, muted and can't say anything. <laughs> so I feel for anyone who likes a movie that is considered to be like the meh of like a director's material or the meh one of a series. Mm -hmm. I get it because everyone has their own quirk, you know, tastes and that's fine. So Josh, thank you for having me watch this movie. Even though I bombed on it for 90% of the time here, I did appreciate watching it. So thank you. (laughs) I'm always like, how can I outdo myself when it comes to Ryan? (laughs) Ryan's Ryan's a tough movie critic to like win over. I was really surprised you liked Texas Chainsaw, and I almost went and was like, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll bring another Texas Chainsaw. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go the complete opposite way. We end the film festival on Rob Zombie. Let's do a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's I am definitely I'm picky and I'm opinionated in everything, <laughs> even though I feel like I'm not like. If you were to sit me down and like ask me like on a questionnaire, are you a picky person? No, I'm not a picky person. Are you opinionated? No. And then everyone I know behind me is going, <laughs> <laughs> just just going, yes, yes, he is. <laughs> well, thanks for having us watch that, Josh. Uh, before yeah. We... So go ahead. Before you end, real yeah, quick, I just it. have a I just have a random trivia fact Love for it. you guys. Uh, did either one of you guys grow up on Keenan and Kel? Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Okay. Do you know the connection between that movie and uh, well, that series and this movie? Uh, someone oh. drank uh, orange soda. No. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, 
one of Heidi's co-hosts, Herman, mm-hmm. uh, the the beautiful gentleman with the afro and the sideburns, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. rocking it. That is Keenan's dad. No. Cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's cool. Of I didn't know that. course. And Forhe, man, he has done. I hope I said that name right, dude. He has done so many horror movies. Huh. So, yes, that is that is Mr. Rockmore. That's amazing, and I didn't know that. Wow. You're welcome. So I think that concludes our talk on Lords of Salem. Uh, first off, Josh, thank you so much for having us watch the movie, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Where can people find you specifically? So the only social media apps that I'm really active on are Letterboxd, which is uh, at Captain Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a m- movie where you share what you watch, essentially. Yeah. Um, so the perfect, perfect uh, social media for your your audience. Oh, yeah. uh, but I also occasionally will make TikToks over at Gent Ghostface, G-E-N-T. And then any shout outs for victims? Of course, you guys can follow uh, Victims and Villains. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and wherever you guys get your podcasts from. Uh, we also run a podcast network where you guys can um, find our shows Abyss Gazing, Brilliant But Lazy, uh, Animind, and That's High Praise, our Nicholas Cage podcast. Um, wherever you guys get your podcast from as well. And Horrific Hope Film Festival is going to be in the Alamo Winchester uh, this upcoming Friday and Saturday, April 14th and 15th. And uh, you guys can follow our updates. Uh, follow us on uh, Facebook as well. And again, link for that is in chat. Um, I think you just get tickets for that at drafthouse.com forward slash Winchester forward slash Horrific Hope film festival so yep, that sounds about right yeah i i i was reading the url out. i hope i got it right <laughs> uh, but yeah so for you have wait so you can find you have to watch this podcast in all of our shows uh which is a rum runners podcast network show uh you can find us anywhere that you get your podcast so that's places like spotify pandora apple music that little podcasting purple icon anything like that we're also on youtube we're on twitch we are live every week at this same time. So please feel free to give us a follow, give us a like, comment on any one of these videos. If you have any recommendations for movies that you'd like us to watch, please, please, please let us know. I have people who genuinely message me and tell me you need to do this for the podcast. And some of them have already made episodes and some of them are in the process. So uh, I am listening and we will be watching a lot of Sergio Leone in the future to some of you that recommended that. Uh, Spaghetti Westerns. Ryan's done. He's done listening. <laughs> he doesn't want this. This is, I can't wait. Uh, wee, wee, wah, wah, wah. It's that. It's going to be, it's going to be a month of that, Ryan. It's not actually, but oh my God. I can't I, wait. You, you know how I feel about Westerns and Cowboys. I know. That's why. Has to do with any of that. That's why I can't wait to show you some of the ones that I've been watching, but not telling you about. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good one. Burning in the back of my skull and rolling back. <sighs> this is why I. This is why I do this, Ryan. Is for you. Uh, anyway, uh, why did I join a movie podcast? <laughs> <laughs> for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Devin. 
I'm Ryan. That was really weird. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> and you know what? For this week, I'm also Alan. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. And I will catch you next week.